Uh, something special this week. Um, I sat down and had a conversation with um, club legend Paul Smith uh, and his son Trail. Um, more of a conversation than an interview. Um, Smithy sort of sat down and started going for about an hour and a um, few interruptions with uh, helicopters and trains and um, uh, Paul just kept on going, kept on talking for pretty much the whole time. So uh, we've decided just to keep it raw and let it the conversation play out um so forgive the audio we're not gonna did want to edit it we want to try to get as much as um of what paul said in there and um hope you enjoy the episode brothers in the blood a podcast all things gladstone brothers produced by gladstone brothers old boys Benny Hodges. <laughs> Benny Hodges, he was a funny bugger. And the Doherty's. Yeah, the Doherty's, yeah. Well, then, see, we had the, the three current boys from Gympie. Yeah, Johnny uh, and Timmy. Johnny, Timmy and Jerry. Jerry, yeah. They, Jerry. They, they, they all had speed. Mm. Jerry and, was a any of them could have played on the wing. Mm. And, um, oh, there was other wingers there too that did you say Tony Austin? Yeah, Ozzy, he was good. And uh, Wayne Milliken, he played like, he was a good winger, like Wayne. Wayne Milliken, old Miller, he's yeah. never a star, but he just never, he was a yeah. bit like he's, yeah, well, a bit like Dean Cornbrack. He was just that. Just Craig always, Walker. Yeah, Craig, he went all right. He sort of come yeah. along after yeah, that. He was a good pullback. Hmm. Good pullback. Played for the Capra, so when they played in the, State yeah, League yeah, finals. Yeah, and uh, Hooker, we used to have played for Capra's. So great guys. Holmes. Great. Hey, Holmesy, yeah. Holmesy was good. Holmesy was a very good footballer. Yeah. Well, no, there were a lot of players, Benny, like, that I've known over, over the years, but they, it, it, it's, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> say who was better because they played under different conditions and. You know, five tackles, and mm. but in the older days, I think they were tougher. Yeah, you couldn't come off. <laughs> Once you're off, you're off. That's right. And that's where the yeah. that's where the vital time come in that you'll talk yeah. about with the ten minutes before half time and before full time because all the big fellas were bugging. Yeah. That's when the little fellas had cut loose. So. Yeah, yeah so I don't know. But there were some very good like that. that Lad uh, Harry Stiliano. Yeah. I don't know whether you remember no, but no. he came from him, I think. The Greek, yeah, a Greek or Italian. His wife. She was a lovely lady, very attractive lady, and uh, she got a she was a barmaid at the Queens, I think. And he came here for work and we picked him up. He was a bloody good footballer. Mm. And then there was Russell Denman. There was a family in Northampton, Denman. There was about three of them, all good footballers. Clayton, Russell, and Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, Russell finished up coming to town. I think as a teacher, wasn't he? Mm, School teacher. Yeah, school teacher. He came to Gladstone. 
Because that was a big base of our club back in the day because you had all the bank johnnies, you had the police, you had the teachers. They are all in quarters, so they yeah, just go pick them all up. Yeah, well, see, in a, a new club in 1968, we had to find players like Valleys and Wallabies. They were already from old established families. Yeah. The old man played for them, the grandfather played for yep. them. We had to start from fresh, and I think we started with one, and that was Mally Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he had to drive up from Eber or somewhere where he worked in the railway. Mally drove up for train near the only one there. Anyway, uh, but then they, uh, we seem to be, as Rob just said, uh, a migratory club. We had bank johnnies and a railway bloke. I used to pick up a few railway fellas, yep. railways, bank johnnies, policemen. Mm. Always had a few policemen that played So we had to start from scratch. And, uh, and we were lucky we picked up some. They picked up the, the cream of the players, but uh, they decided to come and help us out, I suppose. But the first couple of games we played, we got a couple of Beltons, <laughs> but uh, this word stuck with us. And, uh, now we got there and uh, Brian Fitzsimmons, he was a hooker for yeah. Australia. And he got a job in town here at Barney Point Engineering with Nick Shedney. And Nick reckoned he was a lazy bugger. <laughs> Every time we were looking for him, he was asleep up the back somewhere. But anyway, Fitzy, uh, he took on the coaching for us. And uh, he said, give me, uh, give me three years and I'll win you a premiership. And in three years, in 1971, he won the three premierships. He used to help the other coaches too. So he won the three premierships in 1971. Mm. Brian Fitzsimmons, the Australian hooker. Mm. But then uh, there were some bloody good coaches there. I think I was, a while back I was thinking about it. And uh, I, I think we had about seven or eight coaches who were international standards. Yeah. Like Phil Daly and Canescu uh, and... Uh, Mark Graham. Mark Graham. Choppy. And, yeah, Chris Close. Yep. But uh, we were very fortunate anyway. Uh, that's what he said. Give me three years and I'll win your premiership. And he won the bloody three of them. <laughs> so... Um, they had a reunion a little while back, and I said it was very successful. A lot of a few of the boys turned up. Mm. They were still there. So it's nice to know we've still got the uh, loyalty hanging around the place, and they still think of Brothers Gladstone as their club, you know. Yeah, and, that's good. But, uh, but then we had uh, the, the O'Brien, Collie, he mm. came coaching one year. We got him from Rocky Brothers. He was a very good halfback. Yeah. He was very quick. Silky. And uh, Collie, he always had a favorite saying, vital time. Yeah. Vital time. Ten minutes before half time, ten minutes before after half time. Yep. Vital time. Turn up, turn up. 
turn up, you know. But uh, and then the other blokes, one of our wingers, Dave Sweeney. Yeah. I remember, I remember Squitter. Yeah, I remember. And uh, he, uh, he turned in one, he was very quick. And he turned in one very good game. And the sports reporter, when he wrote the story of the game, he said he, he showed, when he scored one of his tries, he said he scored, he showed more toe than a Roman sandal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was his favorite sound. He showed more toe hey, than a Roman sandal. <laughs> But he uh, he scored a, a vital try one day when we were playing Valleys. It was a vital game. And anyway, he crossed the try line and he headed in towards the goalpost to improve his position. Because he was the kicker. Was, <laughs> yeah, as you do. Kicker, and there was a big forward for uh, Valleys that year, coached him. Like one of Ken Churchill. He was a good footballer. Anyway, he sideswiped Britt. He caught him on the side and belted him, and he <laughs> dropped the bloody ball. So anyway, he, he took it. That takes a lot of living down. And he, <laughs> yeah. he still cops it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he bombed the try, but uh, no, he showed more toe than a Roman sandal. Now, yeah. other winger, Johnny Curran. Johnny was a funny fellow. He, he was always annoying people. And he, uh, Pest. <laughs> if ever, when he was on the wing, if ever he got forced towards the wing, he had a favourite saying, when in doubt, run out. <laughs> Rather than get smashed, he'd run over the bloody sideline. So that was his favourite saying. Remember when in, old, when in doubt, remember old Andrew Brass, the winger, he used to carry the comb in the sock. Whenever he got dusted up, he'd get up and comb the hair and back in position. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, well, we had some good footballers as well. But Mick Panowitz, he was one of the toughest we had. Timmy Curran was another very good, tough forward. But uh, the three current people, they were good. The O'Brien's from Rockhampton. That's Deliano, a lock forward. I mm. think he came to live at Calliope. And he was still around the place a while back. But uh, I think he had a, he got a, a kiddie plan for brothers, I think. But, uh, <coughs> he was very tough. <coughs> it was back when... Um... <coughs> Jamie Coble, he's yeah. a local lad, he was tough. There's Kevy Pasterfield and Kevy, yeah. Alan Alan Booth, old hopper. Yeah. yeah. Had Huck Greenbury and a couple of uh, yeah. New South Wales players turned up. But, uh, Kevin Manderson, he, um, he actually, where'd he come from, Rom? Not sure if he was Gimpy as well or somewhere down that way, yeah, but Kevy Kevy Manderson was he could have been. Yeah, White Bay. Kevy yeah, Manderson yeah. and Mark Walker from Marionville, they were a pretty fearsome Santa Perry. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Walker from Marionville, I think. Yeah, he was a good centre. Mm. He was a good player. Laurie McBeth, local yeah. lad, he was good. 
Mm. He and Richard used to play half five eight, and they were good together. Mm. I think he went to play with Brisbane Brothers in the old um, was it Amico Cup or Panasonic Cup back in the day. He played for Brizzy Brothers back in the day. Laurie did. Oh, yeah. Then he came back here. Who was that? Laurie Macbeth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Laurie and Jimmy and Raymond. Yes, there was the three cars used to play for him. Yep. The young he got killed coming home from from work over in Blackwater, wasn't it? Mm. Raymond. Yeah. 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 He got cleaned up and he got killed. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, oh, it's been a good club then, you know. It's a pretty good player. And, uh, Stewie Ralph was one of the best centers in Central Queensland. And he should have gone further, I think. But uh, he never got the recognition he should have got. But he, he was good. They were Mickey Banks. Yeah, Mickey Banks from the Long Yeah. He was good. I can't remember much about Tony Austin. Ozzy sort of came through when I was going through. He scored at the Lang Park, didn't he? Yeah. He was just I don't know what that game was even. Yeah, just he just had that ability to read a game, a bit like Radlock, a bit like Nev Hall, those guys, Lance Kiss, like those type of fellas. Yeah, they were just very elusive. They just couldn't get a glove on them sort of thing. So they were, yeah. Yeah, Aussie. Mm. didn't mind a beer before the game. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just, I don't know how people yeah. do that. Yeah, but one of our best footballs we did have, Ben, was like Johnny Smith's thing. Yeah, yep. Smith's came to us. I think he used to play... In the competition around in the south, they called the Balimba Cup. Yep. And Johnny played electric Balimba. And uh, he was noted as the best frontal on tackler in the comp. When he hit them, they stayed hit. Yeah, so Johnny Snitz played for us, and uh, like him and Pano, mm. they were tough. And Jamie Coble, he turned up good. And uh, Craig Taylor from Childers. But, uh, some Bundy boys turned up this way, but not many. They generally stayed down in Bundy. A lot of people seem to come to Gladstone to work. Mm. Yeah. They come right. in for work. And, and... Yeah. yeah, Big Huck and Steph Joukowsky and those guys. Um... Danny Andrews and all those guys, they came up from Bundy, but it was work-related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talina was sort of going off then, like at Dixon Homes and all that. They were yeah. There was a big fellow, Stefan Jakowski. Yeah, big Steph, yeah. Big Steph, he was over six foot. He was six foot five or something. Yeah, so. And uh, another like uh, Robbie Greenbury. Yeah, Huck. Huck, Huck Greenbury, yeah. Call him. He got killed. In Townsville. And in Townsville, he was going to meet his wife. She was a nurse. And he'd contacted her on the phone. They were going to meet at this spot for having tea together. And when he was driving there, 
there was a truck in front of him, a low loader. Hmm. And he didn't realize the low loader. I don't think he was straight in the back of it. Straight up the back of it. Changed lanes in front of him and took the cab off, sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And he, he got killed. Hmm. Yeah, it was a bad day. He had the kids in the car, and that was sort of, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so she was a girl from, well, she from here, wasn't she's she? from here, yeah. His wife comes from the left, mate. I can't think of her name now. Karen. Pardon? Karen. Karen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right, Karen Granbury. So, Paul, how do you think um, Dave's going? David Hearn is looking after the club. When David, when David played with Rocky Brothers, I think he was the manager of a plumbers. Yep. Outlet in Japan. Yes. And uh, when I heard he picked up the job here, I contacted him. Would he come and have a game for us? He said, I only play for brothers. And uh, I mentioned money. He said, money's never entered my mind. He said, I play for the, for the game, not for money. So then when he came to us, he, um, he, they had a competition in central Queensland. I used to call it the Ollie Howden Memorial. Yeah. Now, I don't know who Ollie Howden was, but he must have been a legend of some sort to have a trophy named after him, you know. Yeah. And anyway, this competition, I think, was for the best player running around in that comp. And Dave, I think, won it three years in a row. Yep. So he came to us a very good reputation. And he played bloody good football ever since. And he finished up playing reserve grade here. But he was very valuable. While he was on the field, the reserve grade were a good chance. But if he had to come off for any reason or couldn't play, I used to miss him. He was a good footballer, Dave. And a good family man. He's got three or four little fellows of his own. They play footy for Brothers Junior. Yep. They love their footy. But, oh, no, he, 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 the club's in good hands while Dave's there. Yep. I think he's got um, blue and white blood in his veins, I think. Yeah, I think he does. I think he's, his wife is just as much. So, a bit like you and mum, Dad. Can't do it by yourself. So, it's yeah, a family effort. My family were grateful, brothers. I worked at Buck's anything, yeah. anything I wanted with brothers, my family was there. Betty done a lot of work to yep. Friday night raffles. Bingo. Fundraising. <laughs> yes, she done bingo for four years, every Saturday night. 
you called the numbers of being able to raise money to buy land. Yeah. yeah. And we, I think we raised, I think we owed the church 15000 They bought it for us, we had to pay them back. And I think Mum raised about uh, 4000 or yeah, four thousand. I think she raised on Bengal or something like that. Used to do the barbecue at the race course, the hamburgers and all that. They used to do lots of stuff yeah. Like, yeah. with the McAndrews and the schoolers and the Stitchlings. And, yeah. Yes, now the family was very good help. All the kids were always good. Yep. Everything I wanted, the brothers they got it. Yeah. You know, it's definitely been a good family club for everyone. Yes, they were. Me and my family were a good family club. Helicopter, I think. So, Paul, how did the um, how did the shed start? Like, how did we get here? I'm not really sure about it. I was my Brian Whelan. He owned a business in town here that used to handle the colour bond and that sort yep. of stuff. They used to make that. And he was, I think, the original president for Brothers, or secretary, or official. And uh, I, I think he got few of the boys together uh, and they put up a bit of a shed, you know. And then later on we spent a few bob and improved it and improved it and finished up where we are now. Yeah. But uh, actually Brian Wheel was the man that started. Betty and I officially opened it. I remember I had a plaque at home. We had an official opening here, the priest was here and out here on the red front lawn actually and uh, I don't know, I think it cost us fifteen thousand I think for uh, for the material. And all the boys and volunteer labour, Dougie Burnett was uh, <laughs> one of the instigators. Yeah. To wonder is still standing. <laughs> but, uh, Dougie wouldn't know what a set square or a spirit level was. It uh, I think we were missing a bloody uh, drill. And I think it's up in the sailor there somewhere. <laughs> when they were putting the sailor in, I reckon he used the wrong sort of nails or some bloody thing. But anyway, it's still standing. Still here, yeah. <laughs> but um, the, the club finished up paying for it. And, uh, then when I was president, they wanted to do something about it. I said, well, look, I, said, I don't mind spending the bloody money as long as you use the shit. Yeah. I would have it sitting over here, spending a lot of money to build a shed, have it here and no one use it. And we said, all right, we'll spend so much and see if they use it. 
and that's where it started. I think we spent about five thousand or something, and then we done a little bit more and a little bit more. Then I done all the concreting and the floor used to be just timber, I think. Freddie and them built the bar, and yeah, Freddie Golder and Freddie Golder and those guys built yeah, the bar. And Freddie Golder and those fellas, they all came there. We had a fence around there at one stage. Yeah. We built a fence, but they decided against it and ripped it up. And, uh, <laughs> I remember we had a bloody hole digger out the back here, and they put me on it one bloody day. And, uh, <laughs> I went to drill a hole. Must have hit a rock. I finished about five yards away. <laughs> <laughs> I got that on my bum. <laughs> yeah. But now, pretty Golder, he was a good worker for the club. Good front rower, too. Ronnie Clough, he was our treasurer for a long time. And Cluffy would have known where every bloody five cents went. <laughs> he, he was a local bank manager. Oh, yeah. Out of the big W. Commonwealth. Yeah. He was oh. the Commonwealth branch, uh, branch manager. And he was very, wasn't actually lousy, but he was very astute. People often say Cluffy was the first treasurer and never ever shouted. Yeah. Short arms, long pockets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Ronnie, uh, Ronnie's still going. He's down Brisbane. He'd come up for our presentation night. Yeah. He was a very good treasurer. And he got us where we are. Yeah. We started with nothing. Mm. I, uh, got Ronnie. Well, he's got a little nest egg there now, and uh, it's uh, we finished up. We bought that land that the church bought for us, and we paid them back. Yeah. Mm. Then we finished up. We sold that. Chris Taylor sold it. Chris Taylor was on the committee. Hmm. We sold it for uh, 76000 I think. 76000 And then we bought another block for 125 So we finished up for selling that, I think, for half a million. And then that's where we sit now. We got that half a million sitting there, not to be touched. I can use the interest every year for improvements or support the juniors or whatever brother seniors need. But uh, I can't touch the half a million. That, that stays there. So that's a little mistake up there. We're able to leave. That's good. That's a pretty healthy place. Hmm. At least we won't go broke, buddy. No. <laughs> well, Dave's the right man to look after it going forward, I think. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, well, we've only got the Friday afternoon of raffles for any uh, income at the moment. There's, there's nothing doing in the pubs. They're pretty bloody quiet. Mm. And there's not much chance to do any fundraising. Yeah, well, I went past the Grand Hotel last night at 8 o'clock and there would have been two people in <laughs> there. Yeah, they used to be spilling out the door. Yeah. yeah. I think they're restricted to about what four at the Grand and two at the Vice End or three at Vice End. Numbers aren't great. Uh, that's maximum maximum do. Well, you're getting about I said about five hundred a week. And, and the boys are helping a bit. So. Another helicopter? Yeah. I, I think we've still got our core of loyal players They're still hanging around the place and now they're still there. But uh, we, we have had a, a very good run, Benny, you know, with players. They were stuck with us. And a couple got poached, but uh, not enough to worry us. But, uh, well, we didn't poach other players. I think the thing that I like is you when you go to juniors, you um, you seem to know all the kids because all their, a lot of their dads played for brothers. And, you know, our A-grade side now has got Trevor Hoose boys in it, Lates boys. Hmm. Yeah, his brother's juniors are doing quite well over there, I think. Hmm. President's been going all right, I think. <laughs> yes, it's uh, yes, that's a Ronnie Clough was our treasure, but he started them off over there. He got them alone. Or insurance for about ninety thousand dollars. Brothers Juniors had a president by the name of Kenny Hawk, and there was an old building over on the corner on that land over there. I think it used to originally be a scout hut, and anyway, the scout hut shut down or the scouts finished up or something. So they, they gave the shed to Brothers Juniors. The church gave them to Brothers Juniors. The fire's finished with it. He said, so don't tell anyone that we own the shed. <laughs> so anyone, we, we just shut up about it. <laughs> but then they found out it was insured. Oh yeah, we better own it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was insured under Ronnie Clough. Uh, he was on the pastoral council at the church too. So when the insurance claim was being settled, he said, actually, that belongs to the juniors because we gave the shed to them. So Cloppy got the money for the juniors. <laughs> it was about 90-odd thousand. 
Good kickoff. And, and that's what kicked the Brothers Junior's head off. The builder wanted 15000 to start building over there. And I gave him 15000 out of the seniors to kick the builder off. And then when they got the claim, they gave me back my 15000 for the seniors. And then away they went. But that's how that shed got built over there. <laughs> for the grant money. But Kenny Hall said, we don't own it. <laughs> When I found out they were bloody, yeah, we own it now. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, we've had some funny days, Matthews. Yeah. Had some good end of season trips too. Down to we used to go and watch the Brisbane Grand Final. Yeah, with the club. Got a bit of story over there, Matthew. Mm. That's where you got your money from. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't know what else we have on the list. Smithy? Yes. Yes, I've got uh, Craig Taylor on now. Craig Taylor was a young fellow, I think I told you. Ben came from Childers. Yep. And if he did, couldn't get three games every Sunday, he got upset. Yeah. <laughs> he was a tough little bugger. But Jamie Cogel, he was a local lad. So, oh, we've finished, finished drinking. Hey. So, did you play football? No. I, I didn't actually play for brothers. Well, I played footy. Played footy? Played footy all my life. But wherever I played, there was never a brothers club. Like a lot of those towns I mentioned there. Yep. Like in Barcourt, there was no brothers. Blackhall. Actually, I played against my brother out there. He was fullback for Alpha and I was fullback for Blackhall. In their A-grade, <coughs> I got picked from Central West when I was 17. But there was no brothers' clubs there. And then when I went to St. Brendan's College, and then after college, I went to... Mount Morgan, when the war was on, there was no footy there. And then I went out to Blackhall, when I played for Blackhall, in the high grade out there when I was 17. And from Blackhall, I went to Mackay. I played a, a few games up there, but I played for a team called Magpies. And, uh, 1949, I think it was, 1949, we won the premiership. I played 5-8 for them. We won the premiership in Mackay. Then we played in Proserpine and Bowen. But uh, then I went back, when I came back to Bundaberg, I finished up. Coaching, getting Jindian started, got them a team in the Bundaberg competition, but uh, I only played one or two games with them. And it's the only time I ever played for brothers. But, uh, uh, but uh, register, uh, you know, for all that time, and I knew so many players. Yeah. I would have known hundreds of players. Three thousand. I used to. 
I used to register about 115 every year yeah. for the club and three teams. And they were regulars. I kept coming back. So I would have known hundreds of players, but some really good ones, but it would be unfair to, to say who was better than the other because, uh, say, the conditions were different. And, uh, well, footballers now, they're more athletic and speed than the old days when they used to be tough. We're definitely athletes now. Yeah. But, uh, oh, well, every one of those players there would be proud of them. Yeah. They all gave us good service. And they played bloody well. There was no no dickheads among them. <laughs> well, I don't know. You got Russell Grothland here. Or... <laughs> Joking. Oh, I've had a great life with my brothers, Benny. Yeah. It was 1968. I came home from school. Or oh, after school, I'm, I'm, I came home from work, and Richard. Talked to his mother, and the priest asked him at mass, I think it was, to have a committee meeting on the Monday night at the presbytery. They'd been approached by the Gladstone Rugby League. They'd been approached by the Gladstone Rugby League to see if they could give a team in the competition. Because to also play with uh, Mount Barkham and Boyne Valley and Valley's brothers, uh, Wallabies. So anyway, Richard mentioned it to his mother and she asked me would I go along. So I said, oh, I'll do it for Richard. I didn't mind because I still love football. So I went along to the meeting and I finished up on the committee. <laughs> so I was there for a little while and then someone resigned and I think I finished up treasurer. The next thing our president, a gentleman by the name of Tommy Butler, he was the ambulance officer in Christ. Tommy passed away with a heart attack down the Gold Coast. He was doing something. So I was nominated as president. And I accepted that. I think that was about 1971, 72. So I finished up on the, not as a player, I finished up as a, uh, committee man, then a secretary, then a treasurer, eventually a president yeah. for about 35 years. And I was very pleased to hand over to David. He's my sister, I've been very good hands. And he's going to be around for a while yet. My, my time's getting limited, Ben, I'm 94 now. Yep. 
Oh, I can't believe forever. But I've had a good, great time, my buddy. Yep. And there's amazing body good friends, I hope. I, I treat them as friends, I hope they think I'm a good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, we've had some great times in this shed too. <laughs> Come back here after the games and have a few beers. And... I think that's the sheds used for after the games. And, and, there, were, and there were some bloody characters in the game too. Uh, ben, you know, uh, and the people like Trail, Trail can probably remember them more than I can, but uh, they had. Um, Russell Vivi, he was a real character. Yep. Gus Stedman. Gus didn't play much, but he was really, You played with Gus, did you? Not? I didn't get to play with Gus, he no. No, uh, no he was before me, Smitty. Uh, yeah. Gus was always a character. But Robert, yeah, they probably know who the characters were, but uh, I can remember years ago, they used to. Uh, always have a bottle of sherry yep and half time they'd have a sip of sherry oh supposed to be for conditioning yeah that was back when the... i'd get to rustle drink the bloody <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, we, uh... i remember that we made him the jersey steward jersey steward he's always yeah, he, used, right. he used to have a jersey from every club or everything and now jerseys that go missing Marshall was the best bloody jersey thief in town. <laughs> Whenever we were short of a jersey, we always run Russell. <laughs> so we made him the steward next year and none went missing. No. He knew all the tricks. <laughs> there was a young fellow there. Ben, he's uh, Stewie White. Yeah. I was, uh, we were playing here one day and uh, we, we, we got beaten and they said, oh, geez, you, you need a 5 And I said, yes, I think we do. So a bloke said, there's a young lad in Rocky. He's only 18. But he's a brilliant young kid. His name was Stewie White. Oh, yep. So I said, approach him. So I did. And I think in those days we used to give him a bit of money, I think. So anyway, uh, there's a police sergeant in North Rockhampton, and his name was Jack Kelly. Jack was a very tough footballer himself. I remember when he played out uh, in Tambo, out from Blackhall. But he was tough anyway. Uh, he got wind of it, so he called Stewie in. And he said, you've been made an offer by Glaston Brothers. I said, I approve you, I appreciate you to accept it. So anyway, uh, he rang me and he said, look, he said, come up here on Friday afternoon and meet me in my office at the police station and we'll talk to Stewie. So, I forget who our second was, he came with me. 
So I got in the car and went to Rocky on the Friday evening. And, uh, we met Stewie in the police sergeant's office. <laughs> and Jack Kelly told him, he said, Stewie, he said, you've got an opportunity here to play for a good club. And they're offering you a few, Bob. He said, I'm telling you now, you take it. He said, if I see you hanging around Bloody Rock every weekend when you should be down there training, he said, I'll Bloody Rock you up. <laughs> so anyway, Stewie said, righto. So he joined brothers. But he was a good part mate. Natural, wasn't he? Yeah. He was only a young boy. He was only 18, 19. But uh, then... We went back to the, it was the second it was anyway. Vern Burton, I think his name was, I can't remember. Anyway, when we finished with Jack Kelly, the policeman, we went back to have a beer before we came home. We went into a great western, I think it was. And we were having a beer with Stewie, and then came off around the back with our playing pool. Russell Beebe strolling around. He said, what are you doing here, Stewie? Oh, he said, I just signed a contract to play with Claxton Brothers on so much or whatever. Oh, he said, Jesus, he said, I wouldn't mind coming down there with you. Well, he said, there's Smithy in there. So he came over and uh, he had a yarn to me. And while we were talking, another young colored man came from around the back. By the name of Wessa, mm. Woggy Wessa. And Woggy found out what they were up to, and he <laughs> said, I'd like to come down too. <laughs> so instead of signing Stewie White, I finished up by signing Stewie and BB and Well and Whitey. Yeah. And Wessa. So I came down here on the Sunday night and we put him into a flat over at Barney Point. The second unit over there, we put him in over there. <laughs> the next thing, someone told me the following weekend, they had a barbecue over there, a few of their mates. Yeah. <laughs> they burnt half the bloody furniture. You <laughs> <laughs> get the fire going. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they were funny fellas. Yeah, no, we've had a good association with them, Ben. <laughs> with Russell. Uh, I saw him more a year or two ago. He was, he was grey haired now, but he was just as funny as ever he was. And he goes, every round, he always comes looking for me to say good day. I never asked him for a jersey anymore. <laughs> I think you got everyone, Smithy. I think. I think you got everyone. You go on forever, can you? Is there anything you just want to know? No, that's okay. That's. Probably enough. Oh, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
it's only remembering your lousy. Yeah, no, that's all right. <laughs> well, I can remember all of a sudden. I love to tell you. Yeah, and no. Especially the funny ones. <laughs> Robert probably knows more than my days. Well, I think the reason why I started doing the podcast was, um, funny to say, but I bumped into Troy Possum. Yeah, I, I I bumped into him and I thought and I'd forgotten about him that I that he played for brothers. Mm. I'm not sure if he did play for brothers, but he did. But you know what I mean? And then I started thinking about all the people that I'd played with. And then so I suppose me and Dave come up with the idea to do the podcast and try to record some of our history because it's our history. So I don't know much about these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Either do I. <laughs> but I think what comes out of it, the footy is one part of it. It's the all the bits that come with it is the is what is part of the club, you know. It's the, the friendships and the, the good times and the families and the mm. helping people out. Yeah, lots of things make a club. The footy is one bit of it, but yeah. a lot goes with it. Yeah. No, that's all right. You know, you understand. After being registered for so many years, oh yeah, hundred percent. I probably registered a couple of thousand people. If not, there are some damn good players among them, and some good fellows. I'm proud to have them brothers. Yep. And David and I'm sure steer the club in the right direction. It's just harder these days getting people to play oh, football. He's a family man. Blue, blue, white blood in his veins. <laughs> it does. All right, we'll wrap it up there, Smithy. Oh, Thank you. Smithy, I hope it's safe. No, it's I'm good. so pleased to be able to help. No, I'm really privileged to have you on. It's good. I just wish I could do some more. No, <laughs> that's more than enough. Mm -hmm. Stop it there.